Hey, how's it going? It's the Absolutely Live interview. I'm your host, Greg M. Today we have a special show. We have J.P. Soares, who's going to join us in just a moment. And uh, I'm real excited. Last weekend we had some te technical difficulties and things didn't go as planned. So um, I am going to go ahead and see if J.P.'s on. And if he is, we will get him on here. All right, so I just sent him an invite. Here we go. <clears throat> and water. You already know. There we go. Oh, I didn't know I was going to be live. Hold on a second, dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> I didn't know. Let me put a shirt on. <laughs> All right. Hold That's on. why it's called the Absolutely Live Interview. Okay, dude. I didn't know it was going to be like on the video, too. <laughs> okay. Hold on a second. I'm out here. Yeah, I'm, good thing I've put shorts on. It wasn't in my underwear. <laughs> Rounding around the house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Give me one second. Yeah, man. Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you guys didn't know it was rated X today. <laughs> All right. Okay, there we go. Can you hear me all, all right? You. There you are. Can you hear me? Yeah, there we go. All yeah, right. Man. All right. What's going on, Greg? How you doing, how you doing? man? How's it, how you been? I've been good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing good. Let and, me sit this uh let me sit this up here, my little Yeah, I'm sitting out back. It's getting ready to storm. You probably hear it too where you're at, right? It's actually yeah, it's getting pretty bad over here as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. All so right. how's everything going? It's going good, yeah. Just the long three days of traveling and running around and playing gigs and uh, crossing, crisscrossing the state like crazy. That's good, mm -hmm. man. Activity is good. Yeah. Do you have a gig yeah. uh, later today? I do, yeah, at 530 uh, at, uh, in um, Coral Springs. I think it's Coral Springs, yeah, Tavolino, Tavolino della Note. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. I know what that is. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. a neat little place, yeah, very cool. I haven't been there before, but I've heard it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Man, I'm happy yeah. that you're here today, man. I really am. I'm glad too. I'm glad it got it worked out. I'm sorry it didn't it didn't work. It probably would have been a mess trying to do it on the road like that. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, if we would actually make, you know, cuz it would have been intermittent and uh Yeah. Sometimes you get in the middle of Florida and it gets a little I know. You start losing uh, wonky, signal. They say. Yeah. So, let me ask you, man. I I've been I've been wanting to ask you some questions and stuff about your career. I want to just get right into it. Mm -hmm. Um I've been I've been kind of like researching you and and your background and stuff like that and, and if you don't mind just kind of go go back for me. Uh, okay it, well where it all started how far back you want to go uh whatever you want man i think you know back to when you got let's say your first guitar how about that okay all right so uh i'm trying to set this up so i can get a good little that means i'm trying here. to straighten here straightened out there we go there we go okay um damn it sorry sorry guys so uh, the first, uh, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> wait, is that a burner shirt that I just saw? It is a burner shirt. Come on, I man. That one out of the archives. That's <laughs> what I said. How far you want to go back? I, uh, we're going back, dude. Don't worry. Yeah. So that burner stuff, that's 2020. Uh, let's see. That's probably like, yeah, 2000. Yeah, 2001. I think we recorded that's good that stuff, out. Man. But let's go. Actually, yeah. Let's, 
I was listening yeah. to the burner uh, earlier this week. It's actually really good. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's a that was a fun record, and we worked our you know we worked our ass off for writing that shit and recording I'm sure. it. And, yeah, but you know it's so funny when when you listen back to that. Like if you've heard your previous stuff from Rape Dape and stuff, you can hear some of that coming oh, through yeah. on the burner record. Definitely, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, uh, Greg, the drummer, you know, he was in he was in Fatal Sin, and we were all <laughs> we were all playing together back in yeah. the day and stuff yeah. so he was familiar with our stuff likewise we all influenced we're influencing each other absolutely who was singing then. for a burner uh clint this guy clint denny all right he was also a good drummer we we met through uh he was uh roommates with uh with jason blacker which the bass player for divine empire yeah man um, he also so played when, for uh malevolent also with you that's right yeah so when we were doing the divine empire stuff you know he's like yeah my roommate clint you know he's, he's great he's a good drummer too yeah. Uh, had had this funk band going called Jenga, real cool. But he sang, and he sang really good. He could he's really like really sing, good. sing, you know. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so yeah, we got got him involved with that project. I remember we had recorded like one song, a little demo or something, just just for the hell of it, you know. We recorded a tune. And I said, "Hey, Clint, man, I'm gonna." Yeah, I gave it to him. He wrote some lyrics, and he came over and sang. And as soon as he as soon as he did it, and then he sang when went sang harmonies and shit over it. I went back and go, "This is a whole other level of like." Yeah, that was yeah, it know? was. It really was. And then you can hear yeah. you. Crazy right, so stuff. Anyway, so back to back. the yeah yeah. So you asked me yeah yeah. First first guitar. Well, I got into playing because my dad my dad played guitar. Yeah. Uh, he didn't play professionally. He just played around the house for fun and shit. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I was always just in, kind of mesmerized by it, and you know, and uh, and it was I always associated that with peaceful times. If he was playing and jamming, you know, yeah. hanging out, singing, he would he would play like Bob Dylan and stuff like that. Yeah, but so I, chill, if he was you know sitting around playing and stuff those were those were peaceful times in the household there was no uh <laughs> there's no arguing going on and 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 stuff so i kind of i think i associated it with that as well you know like yeah. this is a this is a tranquil thing even though <laughs> some of the music i played was certainly not tranquil no. by any means but uh <laughs> just that escape from you know uh reality i guess and just you know music is a it can transport you to a whole nother place and yeah for sure uh, yeah yeah but uh so yeah so i my, my my dad played and uh when i was about 11 uh, i think i was about 10 11 yeah uh my uncle came and visited us and he was playing bass right and he would he had been living in florida right I, 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 we were living in arkansas at the time uh but my uncle had been was living down here and he had been playing with the band so so he came and visited us and uh you know, he played bass and stuff and was in this band in Florida. I thought it was just the coolest thing ever. So when he, when he left, he'd go back to Florida. I remember that's why I started, my dad started teaching me shit on guitar, showing me chords and stuff. And yeah. whatever he showed me, I could just pick it up and play it. And then, uh, yeah, he had a few friends that were, that were a little, you know, that were, uh, knew how to play other stuff. He just basically played chords, my dad. But uh, he had some other friends that were playing in bands and stuff. So I, you know, got with those guys and learned from them and, uh, Awesome. And then, yeah, got got the first guitar. I had a, I had a motorcycle that I sold for fifty bucks, and uh, so I bought the guitar for twenty, I think no, the amp for twenty dollars and the guitar for thirty bucks at a pawn shop. And I was freaking, I was I couldn't have I was just, I thought I'd hit the jackpot, man. It was great. Yeah, I love it, and I you know, sit around and play all the time, jam with as many people as possible. Yeah, you know. It was easy uh, for me to pick it up, or what? Like when you picked up the guitar? I mean, pretty much, yeah. Well, anytime someone would show me something, I could 
I could pretty much pick it up and play it, you know, and I would try to like really play it the way they were playing it, try to feel like, you know, yeah, they're playing it, you know, watch you how they're like how to do it. Like, um, like, did you learn theory or anything like that? You just went, or you just nah, I mean, I didn't start learning theory and still until way later on, you know, yeah. and stuff, but I was already playing. I mean, I had already recorded a bunch of stuff with, with, with rape tape and, you know, we'd playing shows and put out stuff. And, uh, yeah. before I knew it, before I knew the difference between major and minor. Right, right. And then I met a, I was working for Motorola in like 90, what was it, about 92, 93, yeah. and uh, uh, they're in Boynton Beach. And I met this dude, this French guy, Pierre, and he started working there, played guitar, and he had studied at a conservatory in France. Wow. He wasn't into metal or no. He was into, he turned me on to Django Reinhardt and like wow. some really, you know, uh, really cool stuff. And, uh, so I absorbed everything I could from him. You know, I, he explained to me, oh, here's the difference between major and minor. Here's how you play a, a major scale in chords. Mm -hmm. And once I started, you know, at first it was mind boggling. I couldn't really yeah. understand when they start talking about the number system one fourth. But then once I started grasping it and understanding, I go, ah, okay. It's just, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's like speaking another language, you know. Right. It opened up a whole new world for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and if you can say, "Hey, this is a this is this song is in such and such a key, and it goes to blah 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 these chords, and it, it starts on the you know it's got this minor seven flat five, and you know what that is? Ah, it's, that's awesome, man. Yeah, you don't like, have to language. say here's what it is, and, and yeah, so it's cool. You um you just had mentioned Rape Day, but I was going to get into that anyway because I'm dying to know about more about Rape Day because <laughs> growing uh gr well not growing up, but like in my late uh, I would say when I, I came down to Florida, I was 17 and I think it was 1990 and mm -hmm. you guys, I don't know if you guys had just gotten together or you guys were together for a bit, but that was about like, two years. I joined the band in 1989, summer yeah. of 1989. You guys were the talk of the town as far as the metal scene was concerned. Was you guys uh, malevolent and, uh, and Manson, I think was like the three. Yeah, they were, they, they started, dogs. yeah, they started out, you know, and they were, they were a little kids. different, you know, they weren't as, I, 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 they were extreme in, in the visual yes. department. They weren't weren't nearly yeah. as extreme in the Correct. in the musical department. You Correct. know, the music was it was good. It's great. It's cool. Well, but the whole thing theatrics was the exactly. So yeah. you know, the bands like Malevolent and yeah. and uh, Cynic. Remember Cynic? I do. I remember those guys. Bugalard, were, I think they're called them. Bugalard. And Bugalard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of those those bands yeah. were like those were the top bands, and you you know mm -hmm. you guys. Ape. I mean, you guys weren't, yeah. I guess you weren't together for very long, but you became a huge yeah. uh, draw, you know, and, and I used to go to your shows, dude. <laughs> oh, it was, it, it was some magical times back then, man. There yeah. was a really cool scene yeah, with a bunch was, of, a, a bunch of original bands that were yeah. trying to play this crazy ass, you know, music. And uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, it was like, you know, how crazy can it possibly be? Most technical riffs, you know, it had right. to be hard to play. <clears throat> I remember we would, We'd come up with a riff or something, you know, and, and rape tape. But this is very early on in the band, you know, the first couple of years where we were really trying to, you know, play this, this difficult, crazy shit as we could. But we'd come up with a riff, you know, and it'd be, it could be the coolest riff ever, you know, sounding. But if it wasn't like hard to play and shit, we were like, ah, that's no, that's no good. <laughs> that was the, you know, yeah. mentality. But that produced some crazy shit, you know, and, and all the bands were trying to, you know, they were trying to emulate stuff. you guys, yeah. Well, and I mean, everyone was trying to like out, 
brutalizing crazy each other you know how insane can the rips how be brutalized so, yeah that's yeah that's you know. a good term yeah, totally <laughs> how heavy can it you know just seriously if you want to be and the like, heaviest to thing slammy award shows and that, that that that's what was going on everyone was out brutalizing each other yeah man and the, the the pitch the mosh pits were it was nuts it, it was, was crazy, crazy man yeah and you were yeah. right in the thick of it man you were right yeah. in the thick of it and and it uh, was fun it was, you know, going there and watching was fun. I mean, I, ha I had a band back then, but uh, we were nowhere near as heavy as you guys, and and we sucked, you know, compared to, compared yeah, to was, compared to you guys. We, we, we practiced like, you know, I mean, we we practiced four nights a week. You know, we oh, would yeah. rehearse religiously four nights a week, and uh, we you know, and we work on songs for a while and perfect them and hone them and every little part. You know, yeah. there was. Uh, I would say there was there was there was zero improvisation in that in that music, you know. Sure. So everything was worked out to the T. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, well, you had if, to, I mean, if a song was, you know, three minutes and such and such second song, you can pretty much bet it was it was thirty minutes and such and such seconds long, give right, or take yeah. a second or two. You know, if we were speeding do you, up. Do you something. ever think back to those times and like uh, kind of smile and and? Think to yourself, man, that was that was fucking awesome, you know. Do you ever oh, do that? yeah, man. And I and I st I'm still friends with you know with with Pooch and JC and them guys and stuff. Cool. And uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, in fact, Pooch, you know, does all my artwork and stuff for my records. And, oh, awesome! You know, man. a lot of yeah, a lot of artwork for my T-shirts and things like that. So we're yeah. still in good contact. But yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. And 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 uh, I mean, I listen back to that Terminal Reality record, which for me was a, you know, was a was the musical pinnacle of that band not only musical pinnacle but um everybody was really into it at the time yeah. we were all that was before we started getting kind of like okay it's been you know six years now seven yeah. years we're still not you know yeah. you know said uh so that was when it was really to me and that, and i can listen to that record now and it's still it still sounds good the production's great we recorded it up at more sound studios I, in tampa recorded with more uh with uh, Scott Burns producing, he was like, yeah. record. He was producing and engineering all that, you know, Sepultura, freaking, yeah, uh, all the shit we were into, Suffocation, Deicide, all these crazy. Deicide, uh, wow, yeah, I haven't heard of that. So, that record still sounds sounds good, and the playing. Really I mean, we, we and we went in, and it's like it wasn't like we were like, okay, let's let's do another take of this song, let's do another take of this song. No, that was a lot of so a lot of that stuff was the first take or second second take you know wow. we were playing it live yeah. minimal punch-ins recorded yeah. to analog yeah, yeah. wow mm -hmm. awesome yeah but before all the pro Tools stuff you know and it still sounds like killer when you yeah. listen to it it's like wow. wow it you know it's so good that you would think that it can hold up now you know stands I mean? yeah stands the test of time it that sure burner does. record too man i listened to that burner record oh that. yeah man. it's still you know it's so heavy yeah, yeah. I love that record. If and if if people that are watching, if you don't know of Burner, that's one of JP's old bands, metal in the metal, you know, vein. Yeah, we put out one album. One album, yeah, one album. Yeah, it's called One for the Road. It's fucking awesome. Like you, you should go to iTunes. It's on iTunes. So just look up Burner, and download it. It's 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 phenomenal. So you okay? So after you know the fall of Rape Dave, let's just say, or or the time where you guys just said, listen. Like yeah. You saying before, ah, you know what? It's been six, seven, eight years, whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know you got signed. You had to change your name. Yeah. And uh, you changed to Pain God, and then put out another album, I believe. Yeah. 
which I actually like. I don't know if you are into it. But yeah, I actually I, like it's, it. it's, it's okay. I listen to it now. Like, it's cool. We, 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 you know, we, we were getting influenced by some, you know, we, we were getting influenced by some stuff that was like, yeah, it was, to me, it was kind of mediocre. Yeah. It's just shit. And we started tuning, you know, we tuned down to yep. low D and stuff. And that, yep. that totally changed the sound and the tightness yep. of the, I mean, it's still tight, but it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. like terminal reality. Yeah. No. Nah. And, was, it, and I think when I listen to that, I hear a lot of biohazard influence, like that kind of influence. That's what was going on. Yeah, that's what was going on. Exactly. That's exactly what was going on. Yeah. So yeah. we discovered like, biohazard and like, oh, wow, this is, you know, groove yeah. instead of like right. technical crazy. Correct. Shit. Yeah. So yeah. when I hear it, that's what I, I hear. Although mm -hmm. I like biohazard and I, I like them fine. Oh, I, do, I love them too. Yeah. yeah. But then, all right. So you let's, let's, let's jump from there. So you, you, Ended it with rape tape and, and the guys went their separate ways. And then yeah. is that when you did, um, you didn't do burner till 2000 something. No. So in, and, in the interim, I believe that you did Divine, Inter, uh, Divine Empire. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, I also went and recorded an album with the Malevolent Creation. You know, oh, yes, I joined, right. I joined yeah. the band for a very short time. Yes. And, uh, and went and recorded an album with them. And then that's how Divine Empire started. Uh, was it Jason? Uh, well, yeah, because, well, not, not necessarily. Uh, here's what happened was uh, Derek, the drummer, Derek Roddy, he quit the band after the record was recorded and moved back to South Carolina. Uh -huh. And then they went on tour. I was working for Motorola at the time. They did a European tour. I go, I'm sorry, guys, I can't. I, I waited out. I'm not going to quit my job to go do yeah. the tour. And in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't because yeah. I heard that tour didn't go so well. And then, you know, when they came home, Jason Blackowitz, he quit the band, the bass player. Uh, yeah. So, uh, shortly after that, I went and I went up and visited Derek in South Carolina, right? For it was around Christmas time or something, and uh, and and um, we recorded a little one song, wrote wrote a tune and recorded it, right? Mm. Built these silly lyrics and shit. And I came back home and I was still in contact with Jason, you know, yeah. from Malevolent Days. He came out. I was getting into blues at the time too. That's one of the things that you know for Ray David out because I had met my friend from. Uh, France and shit, and I was already starting to learn this other stuff and getting into a whole different thing and yeah. really trying to like learn my instrument and just explore different music and shit. Yeah. So uh, that was that was going on at the time too. So I was, you know, playing little blues gigs already at the time. And Jason came out and uh, and, and, and saw us playing. I said, Dave, check out this. I took, took him in the car with smoke. And I said, check out this fucking song we recorded. You know, I had it on cassette. And uh, he's like, oh, dude, oh, my God, it's fucking, he's blown away. But we got to freaking, we got to do a, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Derek to come down here. And we're going to, you know, <laughs> I said, okay. Well, about that time, I had already planned on moving out to California <laughs> to wow. relocate and shit and quit Motorola and all this stuff. Because yes. by that time, the, the, the rape tape was done. And I was like, okay, I want to go pursue other things, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, uh, long story short. He, Jason did get Derek to come down from South Carolina for two wow. weeks. For two oh, weeks. Weeks. Okay. We had that one song that I had. We had already written and recorded, and then within them two weeks, we recorded, rewrote, and recorded like another six tunes, I think, seven tunes, right? And we literally recorded them in my living room in my apartment on my eight track, <laughs> reel to reel. That's the last thing I packed up before I moved out to California was my eight track reel to reel. And so we had this little demo. I wasn't thinking nothing of it. We were just doing it for fun. Just play yeah. this crazy, most insane, fastest shit we crazy. could possibly fucking do. <laughs> and, uh, and so I moved out to LA and then a couple of weeks 
you know, a couple months later, Jason's calling me, oh, dude, I sent that demo out, you know, and I got a couple labels interested and, you know, this uh, one out of Chicago wants to sign us and, you know, okay, cool. So long story short, moved back to, not moved back to Florida yet, but came back to Florida, recorded the album with them, did some tours, uh, kept happened to, you know, rent my apartment out in LA. I did that for about two years and then I finally moved back to, moved back to Florida. And then that's when I started doing the, the burner stuff. And, blues gigs and still divine empire until wow. 2005 and just yeah how many just, albums did put out i think it was like four albums right something like the that. divine empire i think yeah. I did five yeah there was five. five albums yeah 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 pretty sure it's five also those are on itunes too if anyone's listening. yeah yeah they are yeah yeah you gotta check out divine empire Seriously. it's crazy stuff yeah. it's crazy stuff it's <laughs> crazy like when I, you know listen when when i was in the scene uh, back in the early 90s we had a warehouse my band had a warehouse a couple warehouses away from malevolent and every time that we'd start practicing as soon as they started practicing obviously we had to stop because <laughs> the wall of sound coming down and we can't hear anything but malevolent was hard but then you want to listen to hard you can listen to divine empire and that shit is fucking yeah. hard and tender. Yeah. derek was uh you know he's an insane drummer for that stuff i mean he's probably for that genre, he's definitely, I think, hands down one of the one of the best for sure. Oh yeah, for, for sure. that style of drumming. Yeah, and, he's uh, pretty he's pretty sick, yeah. no doubt about it. And he played guitar too, so he he wrote uh, he wrote a couple of the songs on that first record, you know. Uh -huh. Derek oh, wow. did, yeah. yeah. And so, did you guys did you have the same members for each record? No, Derek uh, got out of the band after the first record, and then we proceeded to have different drummers. Gotcha. Uh, we had Alex Marquez play on the next record. Oh, he's a fucking beast. Yeah, he played on that second malevolent record. Yeah. yeah. So he played on the second record. And then we got this guy, Dwayne Timlin, uh, from, he was from uh, Milwaukee. He, he, he moved down and joined the band and he played on the other records and stuff. But it, you know, it never was, that, it, it never was the same, like, you know, right, of course. without Derek stuff in there. I right. mean, the riffs got crazy. The songs got, you know, wrote some really cool songs and stuff, but, yeah. The drums were, you know, it, it was it wasn't the same. We had to do a lot of work on the drums. I'm yeah. not gonna, I won't lie. We're gonna do a lot of work after post production uh -huh. um, on yeah. on those drums to make those uh, the records sound like that it was done right like, the way that he did. To wait, like to make yeah, to make it sound, to make it sound, you know, to make what was played sound like that's what it meant to was right. played. Right. Yeah, I hear you. So you you were working on the burner stuff too while you were doing that, and you were doing the blues stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So after playing that, in blues bands, yeah, I'd go do a Divine Empire rehearsal, a burner rehearsal, and then two day the next <laughs> night I'd be going to do a blues gig. That's crazy, man. Mm -hmm. That's so crazy that you had to compartmentalize your brain. Yeah, you know, I mean, not other. necessarily. To me, it's just like it's the same shit with different feels. I think. Yeah, almost. That's like true. music is like there's only twelve notes. I mean, well, at least in our, the way, right. you know, the Western uh, way where they view it. But uh, so to me, it's just different. It's putting these different notes together with these different feels. That's really yeah. all it is. It's different, yeah. it, different feels. Yeah. You know? yeah. One, yeah. So you, when you put out the, um, the burner record, was that, was that meant to just be an album that you put out and, and there was no touring behind it or anything? No, I had high hopes for that project, man. Because uh -huh. I thought this could really cross over, uh, you know, into, really cross over. into a whole other thing other than, you know, what the death metal stuff, the Divine Empire and all that, even yeah. the Ray Bape stuff. Because yeah. 
the songs are, you know, a little more catchy, a little more groovy. There's no blasting going on or no crazy no. fast thrash beats or nothing. It no. was all groove and the singing, you know, mainly the singing because it, the, the, I had high hopes for that project, uh, you know, but then what happened with it? Uh, we just, we had problems with the bass player and she had, he had kids and stuff and just, you know, and then, and then, you know, I remember this one gig in particular where we, we didn't, he just didn't show up, couldn't get, couldn't get a hold of him. And, um, it just kind of, yeah, it just kind of fizzled, man, fell apart. We couldn't never get a, couldn't really get the right bass player and shit. And we started out with two guitars and then we went to, you know, down to one guitar player and it just, uh, yeah, it just kind of, kind of fizzled out. And I just got, I was getting frustrated because I was like, man, fuck, I'm, I've, I've worked my ass off on that project, yeah. you know, and I was, you know, booking the gigs, whatever we were going to do. If anything was going to be done with it, it was going to be done because I made it right. happen. And I yeah. got just kind of tired of like herding sheep and fucking herding, or herding cats, uh, yeah. <laughs> so to speak, you know, yeah, man. certain, um, certain members. And me and Greg, the drummer, were, it was basically me and him. We wrote pretty much the stuff. And, yeah. And, you know, mapped it out well it's i mean you did a fantastic mm -hmm. job man it's killer mm -hmm. it really is a killer record yeah but yeah. the rest of the cats kind of you know they didn't have the same vision same. you did that yeah was, exactly well, exactly which know. was fine you know. it happens you know but that band was uh yeah was, but i can say you know i i i you know i listen to that record now and it's a fucking great cool it's, record and it's still you know it's a great it just record. got re-released or something like on so it just got yeah it just got re-released wow all right cool. crazy so mm -hmm. all right, so let's go from burner now to now you're kind of like more into the blues side and you're doing and you're doing more gigs on the blues side. So when mm -hmm. did it become evident to you that you were kind of going to leave metal behind, so to speak, and and concentrate full well, time on blues? I knew that for I didn't. I mean, I I never thought to myself I'm going to leave it behind, but I knew when I put it this way, like when I was touring with Divine Empire in like '99 in 2000 and shit and i was still learning blues stuff at the time you know we'd go tour and stuff and we were, we'd be out with three or four other bands and we'd play our 45 minute set you know whatever and then the other bands would play their 45 minute set and that's how it was but i the whole time i'm on tour doing that stuff i thought man this is cool i'm out playing music and i'm out touring and traveling i feel like a real musician but i thought to my mind well man what i really would like to be doing is be out here playing fucking blues gigs you know, where I play my hour and a half set or two sets or whatever and playing for a different audience of people. I kind of outgrew the whole uh, mentality of that. Um, uh, I just I just grew, outgrew it, you know. So yeah. this is, you know, this pissed off, angst-ridden music. I still like it. I still dig yeah. that stuff, and I still feel it totally. Right. But, totally. you know, I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm getting older here now, and I want to, you know. But I always envisioned myself playing that stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah, that had been going on for a good while. And but it was just a matter of time of of getting in the situation where I could do that. You know, I thought, oh man, how cool it'd be out to be touring playing these gigs and blues yeah. and stuff and playing this 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 kind of stuff. Well, let's put a music. pause on that just for a second. You you still were getting into metal on your own, you know what I mean? Like personally, that's stuff that you would listen to. Yeah. So and you you had a reunion with Rape Tape, I believe, right? In two thousand We did that in two thousand thirteen, yeah. How yeah, that was fun. It was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And relearn them songs, and it was it was tight. I mean, you know, awesome. I didn't have any problem, you know, difficulty playing the stuff or learning them. 
was tunes and any anything. Who was involved in that? Was JC? Uh, yeah, me, me, JC, the drummer, original drummer, and 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 Pooch, and oh. uh, and the bass player was a was someone that was filling in the guy that JC yeah. played with, and he did awesome. a fantastic job. Awesome. Yeah, name Rick. I think his name is Rick. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that that was fun, man. It was it was uh, it felt good to play with them guys again. I bet, know? man. All that, all yeah. that raw energy coming back. Yeah, man, and it sounded. I mean, those guys who still play, and yeah, you know, it how was, was tight. The, how was the audience reaction? Like, that was great. It's just like like the old days. <laughs> they <laughs> were going bet. nuts, slam dancing. And Where'd you guys play? Was that propaganda or not? Propaganda. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I you know back to the the the, the, the you know the, the the transition for the blues up. I I'd be out on tour with Divine Empire, right? Yeah. And you know, a lot of times we would be the opening band or we'd be playing second or something on the bill so you know we'd play early in the evening and we'd have five hours to kill six hours to kill while the other bands were you know finishing up and shit pack your all stuff up so i would like as soon as i got to a town i'd grab the like the local little recycler newspaper or whatever it might be and find out where an open jam was or nice. something like oh open blues jam oh shit that's right down the street oh, let me take cool. a cab over there <laughs> and i i'd go hit open blues jams in cities we were playing with the fine empire yeah. and, and, and what i would do is i'd go in and introduce myself yeah i'm um jp sort of i'm from florida I'm, I'm on tour right now i'm in this musician on tour you know of course i didn't say you know i'm i'm playing over there with you know, emperor and freaking uh, <laughs> gore guts at the fucking, you know, whatever. Gore the street. Yeah. I said, I didn't mention that. I said, I'm just no. this musician on tour. And, uh, um, and then, you know, they, oh, sure. Yeah. This guy's on tour. He must be good. He's played over. <laughs> and they let me sit in and shit. That's of course cool. they would dig it. I would never like, you know, overstate my welcome or anything right, like that. Right. I just be very cordial and nice to him. And, you know, and, uh, and then afterwards, well, oh yeah, yeah, you know, this crazy death metal band I'm playing with. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny, man. Tell them after, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now you're kind of like more involved in the blues and everything. And yeah. Tell me about how that took off for you. Well, um, when I moved back to Florida in '99, uh, so I had already started a blues band in like '95, right? '95, '96, oh, wow. right, right, right before the rape tape was dissolving. Yeah, uh, it's all right around the same time that, that that happened. And I was, you know, started a blues band, but I was also recording an album with Malevolent Creation. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, Crazy. and I wasn't singing at the time for the blues stuff. I had a singer. This guy was really awesome. This guy, Charles Johnson. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so but when I moved back in, uh, to Florida in 99 and uh, I started, I joined a band called this, this blues band called the shadow casters. Right. And they were playing a lot of local gigs and stuff. And I was just playing rhythm guitar pretty much. They had this guitar player, Gonzalo Vergara, young guy. He was like 21 at the time. Yeah. Uh, and playing the shit out of the blues. He's from Argentina playing the shit out of it. So I was just kind of playing rhythm guitar. And that's where I met all the South Florida blues society folks like Dar Lopez uh, Frank Ward, uh, you know, Mary Council, all these people, and started playing these little clubs and shit. And uh, um, yeah, that's kind of where it started. But I mean, that was, uh, I recorded four more Divine Empire albums after that <laughs> and toured. No doubt. So this is all happening simultaneously. Well, really, you know, when I made the, when I said to myself, okay, I'm going to, I'm, 
I'm not doing this anymore and I'm going to do this full time 100% was 2005. I came home from a Divine Empire tour that we did. We did a European tour. I came home, uh, you know, with, I never made any dough doing, doing those years. I'd come home from a Divine Empire tour and I'd literally go deliver pizzas for Papa John's. Gotcha. You know, literally. Yeah. I know. Um, so I didn't make any money doing that. You know, it was fun. It was cool. I was touring and traveling. But I came home from a 2005 tour, um, and that was that's that's I'm I'm I'm, I'm done. Man. I'm, yeah. yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to focus 120 percent on this music. And at the time, I was also getting into Django Reinhardt, mm -hmm. the Gypsy Jazz stuff. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would drive the guys in the van crazy. You know, we were touring with Divine Empire. I'd carry my acoustic <laughs> guitar and I'm working on this Gypsy Jazz rhythm. Ding, 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 they're like ding, oh, ding, 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 for like four hours in the van. Like, all right, dude. <laughs> <Not that's> all <laughs> right. Yeah. So what was this around 2008 or so? No, that was 2005. 2005. When I quit, when I when I totally oh, quit Divine Empire, yeah, 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 and then uh, fully, you know, immersed myself in in my own music, you know. Okay. And at that time, I was teaching at the at the music store. That's where I met Steve Guadagnino. Oh, okay. I was teaching at the, I was working at a little music store teaching, and. Uh, Oh, he he told me about your uh, <laughs> you guys would play there play all the time and they play. oh yeah man yeah we had a blast <laughs> yeah yeah we would just play all day long that was a growing I mean that was a good fertile time growing I was I, I was studying the gypsy jazz stuff right I wasn't really soloing over or anything I learned the rhythm you know pretty good you know I thought I, was, I learned it pretty well uh, and so I started showing it to Steve and he picked it up like that yeah, anything i show him he would pick it up i'd work on something for a freaking week show it to him and he'd play it in two minutes like he'd be yeah. playing all his life yeah. so he started showing him the rhythm and and not you know we'd sit around all day at the music store and jam play <laughs> yeah he, he told me that you guys finally got fired because yeah we finally jamming. got fired we sit on the back porch and hey what the fuck the owner came in what the fuck am i paying you guys for <laughs> so, yeah, about a week later we got our notice our walking papers <laughs> But uh, that's good that stuff. was a, that was a good time, Dan. But then I, that's kind of where I made the transition into being a full time musician because I was teaching at that music store, yeah. playing playing gigs, and then the music store closed down. I was just like, well, I'm just gonna keep this handful of students I got, keep playing gigs, and then, yeah, and then I haven't cool. had a regular job since. That's awesome, man. And I haven't. I mean, I don't teach anymore. I liked teaching. That was fun. It was that was also a a growing learning experience yeah, no. um, to, to, to teach. Um, but uh, I, um, I stopped kind of doing that after the, the International Blues Challenge, the IBC, uh -huh. because it just, uh, it, I didn't have time really. I was traveling and, you know, I was like, well, I can't really do a steady weekly lessons with people. And then, right. you know, that, 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 that ended in about 2010, I think. Yeah. 2009 2010 and i've been just yeah, full-on playing gigs and 120 percent now i don't have to worry about is you know i don't have to worry about going up to some job that i can't stand yeah you know, i awesome. i used to hate i used to hate waking up for uh you know going to some job that i that i hated i was always late for work because uh you know you get up in the morning that was always my my problem my boss would call me in for our you know, meeting thing, whatever, you know, three month evaluation. And well, John, you know, you get along great with others and your work is wonderful and stuff, but you know, you're, you know, this tardiness, we got to do something about this tardiness. And like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fuck I off. hated those jobs. Man. For real. 
The one job I did like was uh, I worked for this as a short order cook for this place. It was called Buffoons. It was in West Palm. This is back in the early rape date days, like 89, 90. Uh -huh. I worked as a short order cook in there. And uh, that was fun because a lot of times it, I was just there by, in, in there by myself. I ran the whole kitchen. And stuff. But during the day, a lot of times it would be kind of slow. And uh, so I would sit back there and just practice guitar and play my guitar. That's, That's awesome. where I came up with probably – I would say probably 70% of the shit that I wrote on the wow. terminal reality record was, wow. was, was the riffs were written in that kitchen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Were you like the, the main songwriter? Mm -mm. I mean, in the beginning, I didn't really write much. I think like the first demo, I have one song on there that I wrote and it's an instrumental. But then as, uh, as it progressed, I started writing more. And then towards the end, I was probably writing, I was probably writing sixty to seventy percent of the, the riffs and the music, you know. Is that just stuff. because you wanted to, or the guy, the guys backed off, or like? No, it just it just happened, you know. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't something I was even conscious about or anything. It just would happen. You know? Like I said, I sit, I sit in that little, you know, and when I, in that little kitchen there where I work, and fucking, you know, take a little toke. Come back in, come up with some riffs and shit. Come go to the warehouse that night for rehearsing. Be like, I gotta check out this riff, guys. All right, bam. You know, and then yeah. That's kind of. So, where did you get your inspiration for that kind of stuff from? From when you were with Rick Day, where did your inspiration? Uh, come from? I mean, playing with Pooch. You know, Pooch. Pooch was a great guitar player. I learned a lot playing with him. Yeah. Um, as far as getting in the sound and everything, and you yeah. know, dialing in the tones for that shit, he had it dialed in, and he dial in my tone and stuff and yeah you know that's when i got the noise suppressor so that and the bands we were that we were playing with in the scene down here like i said there yeah. was uh you know uh all these crazy bands so we you know we'd be on the same bill with them and stuff so i was getting influenced by the people i was playing with the bands that were around in the scene at that time and uh you know i i heard metallica you know that the uh, one of the first real super heavy things I heard yeah. that blew my mind it was uh, I heard the Master of Puppets record and yeah. I think it was 86 I heard that album 87, yeah. yeah 86 and that blew my mind uh, so that was definitely influence on all of us in that band for sure uh, um, and you know I was into Black Sabbath as a kid Ozzy Osbourne um, yeah. Iron Maiden Kiss that kind of shit but also stuff my parents were listening to, Beatles. I loved the Beatles. I still do. Yeah. Bob Dylan, Neil Young, uh, Jimi Hendrix. You know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, good. that's good stuff. It's yeah, man. How, like when we hear that kind of stuff, because I'm a fan of that kind of stuff too, like SRV as well. And um, yeah, it's interesting how we get influenced by that stuff, but then we turn it around and play, you know, metal or something. It's, mm -hmm. it's really interesting how that how that. Yeah. Happens. I mean, I've always definitely gotten influenced by what was going on around me what was happening around me people i play with even now the blues stuff i mean the, a lot of the shit that i that i that i do is it's, it's directly influenced from like you know back I, I backed up terry hank for for years you know played yeah. with him i i and i still do uh and i learned a ton of stuff playing with terry um yeah. so anybody i play with i i pick up something from them. i learn you know how about I Steve? Get something from them. So absolutely yeah yeah man definitely yeah I mean, because uh, he was in the, you know, he was playing with my band for a while and stuff, and he was learning some really cool shit at the time. Yeah, he was. Uh, some jump stuff. And yeah. so that was, that definitely influenced 
I'm not playing. You know, there's stuff I hear. Yeah, that's directly some you know that I do now that I hear. That's directly influenced from having Steve in the band. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. How yeah. was the time when Steve was in the band? It was great, man. We had some freaking crazy shit worked out. Yeah. Uh, harmonies and two guitar parts, and we knew how to stay out of each other's way. We'd go watch. We'd go back and watch videos of ourselves playing, and be like, "Okay, ah, oh, shit, man, I'm I'm too loud right there when I'm playing that rhythm." So we knew how we we had it worked out very well to like uh, keep out of each other's way and support each other when someone's playing a solo. Yeah, uh, that thing really, really good, you know. Yeah, that was uh, that was good stuff. Mm -hmm. Harmonies and stuff, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was good stuff that you guys would. Uh used to play stuff for me and I, I was just like holy shit man this stuff's unbelievable <laughs> yeah yeah it's fun i mean steve's a phenomenal musician yeah uh, and extremely talented because he uh can play i mean like i said I, I would show him something and he would you know something that i worked on for a few days and he would play it and pick it up like he'd been playing it for his whole life and play it this instantaneous like here check this out okay bam and play it like Nope. That's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I've seen him do it with everything he's tried to learn. Yeah, amazing. It is yeah. amazing. So mm -hmm. I want to get I want to get to your albums because um, we've got about twenty minutes left or so. I think okay. me off after an hour. Okay. Um, although the last couple uh, interviews, it's been going over an hour, so I'm not sure. Okay. But anyway, um, you how many albums do you have? Six or seven now? I have five, the five five blues of a well, yeah, five and of my own. And Under my live, name, JP uh, Source. The live album? And I have a live record, so that's six, yeah. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. when you went through, you know, when you were writing for those for those albums, like where, where were you mentally when you're writing for those albums? You know, can you remember back? Um, it's funny because uh, some of the songs are, I mean, uh, it, it just happened, different different things. I mean, I never sit down and say, ah, oh, come on up. I'm going to write a song today. I think I'm going to sit down and write a song today. It never happens like that. Yeah. It happens where just situation might happen. You might be going through some relationship or you see someone else going through something that they're going through that'll inspire something. Uh, let me see if I can give an example. Um, I had this song. Uh, yeah, let me, let me think of a good one. I don't want to offend nobody because I get influenced by people too that I'm around. It's, <laughs> it's not in a good way. I just, uh, <laughs> I've let me see. <laughs> uh, well, there's a song on the Southbound 95 record called Shining Through the Dark, right? And, uh, and the lyrics were kind of inspired by, like, my sister was going through some stuff. She had gotten diagnosed with, with uh, breast cancer. Another friend of mine, Dave Shelley, was going through some stuff. Yep. He'd been diagnosed with colon cancer. Yep. And uh, Steve's dad was going through, this, through shit, you know? Yep. And I uh, saw it. And it was just this dismal feeling. And so I, I, that's when I wrote that, that song, Shining Through the Dark. Yeah. I can see the light shining through the dark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that was a tough time. I remember that time. Yeah. In the, you know, in South yeah, man. Rough so uh, that's kind of where that came from. So it's, <clears throat> the, the songs should just come, you know, I mean, I, I'm waiting to record a new album now. I got a bunch of shit written, songs that I had from, you know, that I, that I had from like four years ago riffs and ideas and things and but i'm still writing some tunes i wrote a song about a month ago uh -huh. it just came out of the blue where i wasn't even you know it's just i keep a dobro sitting on my on my uh coffee table not coffee table but my uh in the kitchen there on the table yeah. uh so if i walk by it and play a little something and i walk by i played a little ditty and next thing you know this song just 
poured out, came out and rode itself in like 30, 30 minutes. That's the best. Uh, yeah. So that, the best. that'll be on the on the new record you know awesome do you so have any i never really sit and go i'm gonna record an album and i don't have any planned date i don't have it i don't set i don't set things for myself like okay well i'm gonna have an album out by january of such and such a date and blah 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 because those are i don't want to put something out that just to put it out because i need to put it out it needs to mean <laughs> something and it has to have a purpose and it has to yeah. be uh good otherwise i don't there's no point you know to me right you know, unless you want, okay, I need to put one out because uh, it's time. No, no, no. Do you ever I get any pressure from like a label or anything like that to do, to put anything out? Or no, because no, I put all four of my CDs out on my own. The last okay. one I put out on uh, on, uh, on a label, on Tab Benoit's label, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, um, but no, nah, no, nah, not at all. And I don't have a manager. I, um, right. I have people that I reach out to that I respect that I ask their advice and stuff like that. Other musicians and, 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 and people, you know, people that I hold their opinion in high regard. So I have people I can reach out to and ask their advice on things, opinion on things, but I don't have a manager. That's I book 75% of my own gigs. Wow. I put out all with, with the exception of my last CD, I put them out, all out on my own, Source High Productions label. Awesome. The way I wanted to, I recorded them with Jeremy Stoska, mm -hmm. who recorded all the Divine Empire records. I was going to say, <laughs> the Metal you God. Uh, yeah, and he recorded the Burner record. And I still work with Jeremy. Jeremy's awesome. He's just a, still in South Florida? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And he's into like, you know, he. I mean, he's into metal too. Slayer is one of his favorite bands. But Absolutely. he also... He, you know, one of his favorite things like Pat Metheny and Steely Dan. That's really so he knows what wow. good sounds are and good tones. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when you put the record on, you can put it on, you know, put the radio on when you're driving down the road, Hot 105 or whatever the fuck, put it on, driving down I 95, slip in our CD. And our goal has always been to, like, you know, to where you don't hear a degradation of, right, you know, quality when you put that in. Yeah. So I've been working with Jeremy. Yeah. And I still do. And I crazy pride myself on the fact of doing shit the way I want to do it. Yeah. Um, and with integrity, yeah. I try to do it with integrity. Yeah. You know, Cause at the end of the, in the end of the day, you know, I want to be able to listen back 10 years from now, 15 years from now, or like, you know, even more now, 20 years, I can go back and listen to this burner record that was recorded 20 years ago. Yeah. And I go, it's fucking good. It still, it's still sounds crazy. good. I can live with it. 20 years ago, man. I you know? can't believe that. I can but... listen to that Terminal Reality record that we recorded in 1993, yeah. almost 30 years ago, yeah. and go, it sounds fucking good. It's so nuts to think that, but it's so true mm -hmm. when you listen back to that stuff. I mean, I yeah. was just listening to, to Burner uh, this past week while I'm, while I'm doing my stuff at work. I have my, my AirPods in. And I'm I'm just jamming out to it, man, because it's so fucking good, and it's so like, it's it stands the test of time. It, it's crazy. Thanks, man. Thank no you. Problem, man. You guys did a really yeah. great job on that, and 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 your CDs. I mean, all of your stuff that you put out, it's like that. Thanks. You can go back. Thanks. You can go back to listen to Back of My Mind, and it's and it's phenomenal. It's like. Thank you, man. No problem. Now, there, and and there's stuff I listen. You know, I go back and listen to to those to those things and which i very rarely do but once in a while i'll you know i'll put it on or i'll hear it and i'm like oh man i wish i would have done this differently or that differently so there's always i'm never satisfied with what i you know what, yeah. it, what it is but it's that's i think it's good to try to always 
you know, strive for strive for perfection. You know, right. I mean, uh, people say, oh, you know, that's. Uh, and I, I think it's good to strive for that. Want to one up yourself? You know? you know, you yeah, man, in quality and 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 really, you know. Yeah, there was a time where I was listening to more bees with honey, like all the time <laughs> i pretty much knew every single word on it <laughs> but yeah that's another one it's just it's so fucking good you know yeah. it's quality it really folks is. are chiming in here you yeah i just want to see that um let's see here could you tell us a bit let's see i know i know some people how does it work with the participation on big festivals, big festivals. could you tell us a bit about that yeah i'm not i don't know if i really understand that question yeah i don't either uh, um it's fun. I mean, the participating in big festivals is awesome. Sometimes the sound is is is, is tough, uh, but it's a big stage. Playing a big stage is a totally different thing than playing a small, little, intimate stage. I can't even. Imagine. I love playing big stage in front of a lot of people, but how many um, people have you played? Like, how many is the most people that you think you've ever played to? Probably forty thousand people in Mexico City. Damn. And I, I I did a gig filling in on guitar for Puya. Oh, for Ramon. Great band. And we played a freaking festival. This is 2005. Wow. A festival down in, and uh, it wasn't a festival, it was a big show. So it's just a big concert in Mexico City. Damn. And um, it was Corn, Ministry, Deftones, wow. and, uh, and Puya. Oh, yeah. Man. It was insane. I bet it was insane. It was crazy. That's a great yeah. band, Puya, man. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite all-time bands, hand down. Absolutely. I think those guys are geniuses. Ramon, yeah. the guitar player. When genius. I heard that fundamental record, I couldn't fucking believe it. It blew my mind. Yeah, dude. It blew my mind. I'm, yeah. I sing, I'm sing, I sing backups on one of the tunes. Do you really? There. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. Inventes. It's called yeah, No Inventes. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I was There's, working at Mars Music when that came out, Fundamental. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I remember I was living in L.A. when they recorded that record. Oh, yeah? And that's that's uh, that's how I wound up singing backups on it. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. There's another yeah. question here. I remember when you won the B.B. King guitar and meet and greet. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was going back. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah man. Okay, go. It's been quite the adventure. And uh, I think it's, you know, just... I think I know I, I, I've known what I wanted to do since I was a little kid. Like, uh, um, You're lucky. I knew I wanted to play music. I knew I wanted to, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a musician and play music when since I was a little, little kid. Yeah. And I always based pretty much everything I've, I've, I geared my life around that goal. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and I, and I didn't, I've never, you know, I've, unfortunately I've never been married and I don't have any kids. I don't have a family. Uh, that's probably partially due to the fact that I, you know, I, I, my main passion and my main focus was always the music. Yeah. And I'm, I've managed to make a, a living doing it. I don't, I'm not rich by any means. I don't make a bunch of money, but I get to play music for a living and do something I love. I don't have to get up and go to some job at Motorola where I feel like a, you know, yeah. just caught up in the rat race of bullshit yeah. doing some meaningless, uh, like ultimately yeah. means nothing. Contributing zero to correct the human race. Yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so with music, I feel like that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And when I worked at it and persevered at it, and I still don't take it for granted. I know that any moment, hell, I might have to go get a job at Whole Foods up the right. street. Yeah. And if I have to, I'll do that. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. But I, yeah. Um, I had someone the other night. I'm gonna tell tell this little story. Uh, real quick, and then we'll wrap it up. The other night, I was uh, at a at a 
venue here in Boca Raton. I was watching a young guy play, guitar player. Uh, young kid, good, very good, too. Um, and uh, his dad's there with him. And his dad's telling, you know, coming up to me. And I know him. I know that, you know, I'd let him sit in with me and play with me. His dad's telling me, oh, you know, I just don't understand why he's not, you know, up there and he hasn't done this. And he went in at IBC and competed and he didn't make it into the second round. And, oh, he was just so devastating. I don't get it why this person does this and this person does that. And I said, well, and I said, well, I said, uh, I go, let me ask you this. I go, he's getting paid tonight, right? He goes, yeah. I go, he's, he's been getting paid for quite a while. We're doing gigs, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah. I go, and how old is he? And he goes, 23. I said, well, <laughs> let me tell you something, dude. <laughs> I said, I didn't, I said, I didn't, uh, I didn't start, you know, making money, a living at this, making even even making any money in this. So I was well into my thirties. Yeah, you know, I went to the IBC three times and finally won when I was yeah. forty. When I was forty, wow. <laughs> I, you know, I lived in warehouses. I lived in fucking, you know, yeah. delivered pizzas and all this shit. You know, and you're complaining. I'm wondering why your twenty-two year old kid, you know, is not. Uh, about perspective exactly not not made it yet or something yeah. it's like well, okay yeah right. <laughs> you know so when he went and competed in the international blues challenge thing he was living at home had never lived on his own probably hadn't had his heart broke yet or nothing you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean come on yeah there was yeah. there was a question you you just uh alluded to the uh the blues challenge but there was another question here somebody's saying they went to your montreal jazz festival show in 19 I, I, oh yeah, yeah. How was that, man? That was amazing. Great. That's an amazing festival. That's a that's a lot of people. That's a, that's a good amount of people. That's yeah. thousands. Yeah, that's an amazing festival. The sounds great. Really top notch. Whole all the way around. Yeah, oh, we played it twice now, and it, it yeah. was probably amazing each time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's uh, what video you, footage of it. Oh, uh, someone just saying, what do you do continues to inspire others to play. And start bands. Love what you do, sir. Uh, that's awesome. Nice. That's good. That's good. That's nice. Yeah, that was really nice. Yeah. You, you mentioned you alluded to going to the IBC three times, finally winning it. What, yeah. what was it like? I mean, we, you know, when I was in Bobby and the Renegades, we, we competed in the local challenge three mm -hmm. times, I think, or four times. And, mm -hmm. and we, we lost each time, which sucked. But, um, you know, when you, when you finally won, how did that feel for you, man? Was it was it kind of like, like an oh man moment? Like holy shit, all this is worthwhile now, you know? Um, it wasn't a it wasn't one of those like all this is worthwhile moments. Yeah. To be honest with you, uh, it kind of freaked me out. Oh really? Like in what way? It freaked me out. Uh, well, because I wasn't expecting to win it for sure. You know, I thought. Okay. And I, it, by the third time, I was like, you know what? Let's just go have fun. Let's go, go meet people and fucking. I'm not going to listen to the advice that nobody telling me they're right. looking for this or they're looking for that. Right, which they all do. They always tell do me. what I want to do. I've yeah. went three times now. I've observed. I've listened. I've learned. I never came home from those from the first time or the second time. I never left there and said to myself, "Oh, I got gypped or I got robbed or I, you know, I should have." I never felt, I never approached it like that. Yeah. I approached it like, hmm, what could I have done differently? Yeah. You know, what, what could I have done differently? What did I do? You know, what did I do wrong? Or what did I, you know, what could I have done better or differently? Yeah. That's what I took when I went yeah. and, and, and lost and stuff. And then by the third time, you know, 
uh, yeah, we won it. We made it into the finals. And then they announced the guitar, the Albert King Award winner. So they announced me for that. So I was like, oh, holy shit. I was stoked about that. And then they announced the, the winner. So when we went out there, I thought they were announcing like the third place runner up or some yeah. shit. Yeah. And they gave us the plaque and the bass player said, he, he looks down at the plaque and goes, hey, he goes, he's a, that's his first place on it. I go, <laughs> oh, shit. So there was like a this little brief moment where we were out there getting the plaque. Well, I was under the impression that we had were third place or something. Right. Well, what freaked me out about it is this. Because now I thought to myself, okay, you know, no one knew who I am before. I come in and do my thing and blah, 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 this underdog. No one knows. Well, yeah. now all these people are going to be expecting to see some fucking, you know, yeah. Some really fucking top notch, you know, this is the, you know, Ivy International Blues Challenge winter band, uh, you know, the best unsigned blues band in the world. I never felt that for a minute, <laughs> yeah. you know, that I was because I know there's guys sitting in their bedrooms that fucking kick my ass, yeah. uh, you know, all, all all around. I never thought that for one second. So it kind of freaked me out the the aspect of like okay now i've got this thing to uphold and like this pressure and this expectation yeah you know i know if i'm sitting out in the crowd and i'm watching some guy that's supposed to be the fucking you know the best unsigned blues band in the world you better fucking blow my mind right man. knock my you know? up, man yeah exactly so i felt that pressure and i put a lot of pressure on myself so that, that kind of freaked me out man i had a little bit of a i'll be honest with you I had a little bit of a nervous breakdown after that whole thing. Wow. Oh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was crazy. But it was a wonderful thing that happened, and it was super exciting and definitely uh, opened the gates for us. If that it opened the gates for us to become a, an, an international touring band because oh, at that time we were only playing in Florida. Yeah. And it was my goal, like I said, <laughs> to get out and, and tour with my blues band like I was doing with Divine Empire. Right. I wanted to be out playing fucking and i saw that i saw people that would win that i go wow you can get all these festivals i saw that as a gateway yeah you know as a door opener to getting outside of florida you know yeah but it wasn't like they handed me you know this this golden thing it was like here here and you know take me by the hand and leave me no 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 yeah I, it's a lot of work i had to call these festivals find out who to talk to find out the contacts book my flights book the you know logistics of the whole thing to make it happen it wasn't itself. So it's absolutely like, it wasn't like you win the thing and someone takes you right. by the hand and goes okay here and then this you need to do this you need to go here no no yeah. not at all did you have people contacting you after that happened uh, like seeking you out or you were the one seeking everything else sometimes people would seek it out because they you know they hear about it or something like that but from you know for instance like you know the you know when you win you get on these uh whatever 10, 15 festivals or something, you know, that you okay. get on. Okay. Including the, including the blues cruise. Yeah. Um, well, they don't give you a list with all those contacts. And here, you know, here's the festivals and here's the contacts and people. No, 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 no. You just get, it's, you know, the, I, I didn't get anything. I mean, it was in the, it, I literally looked in the pamphlet that, that, that everybody got at the beginning of the whole thing. Yeah. That has the winning and, you know, the first prize winner receives this. That's where I fucking... You know, you found I looked in <laughs> exactly, and I'm like, okay, there's this festival. Okay, I, I would email, and who do I need to speak to? My name, I introduced myself. My name's JP Soares. I recently won the, you know, very nice to meet you. Blah blah blah. Who do I need to speak to? I, you know, I see that we're, you know, this festival is part of the prize package, and that's how wow. I did it. Yeah, it wasn't like, 
and people have the misconception of thinking that like you win that thing and then all of a sudden no 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 yeah that, we had no. that we had that misconception for sure when we every yeah it's it's not like that at all mm -mm. that's pretty crazy no huh? man no wow yeah that's pretty sad. but i always say if you want it bad enough you'll figure out a way to do it and make it happen that's right you know and yeah. that's what i kind of did you know and i'm not rich i'm not you know i don't have a giant manager or a record label or this kind of shit but it, I don't like that. I like I live simply. I do things how I want to do it, when I want to do it. Yeah, I'm my own boss. So um, let me ask you this question: If if you were to be approached by, let's say, a major label, mm -hmm. and they wanted to take over all that kind of stuff, how would you feel about that? Do you think that you would actually do it or no? I would feel awesome about that if it was the right situation. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I've never been in the right. I haven't. That situation hasn't presented itself to me to where I felt that it was like okay. And same with the manager. I've had many people, many times where someone said, oh, I don't want to manage you. And this is going back for the past 20 years. Yeah. But I never felt that those people could like, I would look at what they've done. And, I'm, I'm doing more than you. I'm already farther ahead in my career yeah. than the person that you're currently managing. Right. So why would I, you know, I would weigh out those sort of things. And yeah. like, you know, so I've never had a situation where I actually felt like, you know, someone could legitimately, yeah, handle that. So I do it myself. Well, that's good, man. And then if something gets done, ain't no one's fault but mine. That's right. Yeah, you can yeah. Yeah. finger right back. And I've phone. hired people to do shit. I've hired people to do, you know, different things like social media things. And I'm on the phone more catching their mess ups and their hiccups or trying to tell them, dude, you know, Hey, how come this ain't done? How come that done? Wow. Then if I do it myself, <laughs> yeah. I'm spending as much time yeah. on the phone telling this person, you know, to get on the ball or whatever. Yeah. Then if I just do it myself, that's crazy. Do it myself, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of misconceptions out there, you know, and stuff. And there's still a misconception of record labels. I feel um, people think that a record label equates to success right or that you've made it and that is right. certainly not the case no that's just the tip of the ice you know? that's just and i've got <laughs> i've got friends that have been on major record labels like atlantic records and shit like that yeah and had videos on mtv and were opening for fucking ozzy back in the 90s and now they're massage therapists yeah man that's mm -hmm. crazy they don't own their own homes they don't own their yeah <clears throat> well, because they so, they had that misconception that once exactly, they, there yeah. you go. and they went here, yeah. you know, they went here at a very early age, and where do you go from there? Yeah, man, know? there's nowhere to go. Yeah, oh, I take a little, keep taking little baby steps. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's all. Yeah, yeah. man. All right, and I think I'm gonna let you go. I'll hold you on here long. Cool. <laughs> well, that was fun, Greg. Man, I really enjoyed it. It's a great Me interview, too. dude. Oh, yeah, thanks, man. Really good. Yeah. So is there somewhere this can be watched at a later? Uh, yeah, what we're going to do. Oh, yeah, by the way, I just wanted to say to you, thank you so much for agreeing to do it. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man. Thank you. And, uh, you My know, pleasure. you're one of the people that I really wanted to interview. So I'm glad it finally happened. Last time, yeah, we had man. technical issues, and I'm glad we finally got through that. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. And, um, yeah, they stuff. can watch it. on. I'm going to upload it in just a few moments right after we're done. And it offers me the opportunity to upload it. So I'll upload it here. Uh, also, it's going to be uploaded on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel for the Absolutely Live interview. And then also on Spotify. It will just be the audio cool. Spotify. Awesome. I'll share it around. 
Yeah, please, man. I appreciate yes. that. Cool, man. Thank you so much, brother. All right, you too. Yeah, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you brought back some memories. Job yeah, memory, man. I'm going to have to call Pooch now. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. Take care, brother. He's working on a new T-shirt design for me right now, actually. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'll have yeah. to grab one. Cool. <laughs> right on. Cool, brother. All How right, we man. going, man? Take care, buddy. You too. All right, bye. Well, there you go, JP Stores. We finally got it uh, handled. And, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking to him about all that kind of stuff. You know, being a fan of his for a very long time, since the early 90s, I didn't know all that internal stuff that was going on. So I, I was happy to learn all that stuff um, from his days back in the metal scene <clears throat> in South Florida to, uh, to now, the current day. And uh, I'm really happy that interview turned out the way that it did. Um, guys, thank you so much for hanging out. I really appreciate it. Uh, next week, we have another guy from South Florida. His name is Jeffrey James Harris. He's an incredible musician. Uh, we'll talk to him. He's a nice guy. I've known him for a thousand years, it seems. But uh, tune in for that as well. I hope everyone has a great Sunday. Thanks again for hanging out with me here on the Absolutely Live interview. Everyone, have a great day. Thanks. <laughs>